Well, how many of you have ever believed something that was untrue? Ever believed something that wasn't true, and then later you found out it wasn't true, and you're like, what happened? Right? Well, if you have your Bibles, open them to Matthew chapter 22. We're going to continue our series called Just Jesus. <laughs> this is uh, the 46th message in the series. We've been walking through the book of Matthew, just a passage at a time. And we're in Matthew chapter 22. We're going to look at verses 41 to 46 today. If you have the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, if you go to the extras and then events, all the notes are there for you as well. Uh, so, well, there was a pastor doing a wedding. Now, personally, I don't ever do this anymore because I don't want this to happen. But some pastors will say, okay, if anyone has any reason these two shouldn't be married, speak up now. That is a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, but some people still do that. Well, this pastor did that. He said, does anyone have any reason that these two shouldn't be married? Well, he heard a couple gasps. And a young lady started walking down the aisle holding a baby. And it went chaos. Uh, the bride slapped the groom. Uh, the groom's mom passed out on the platform. All the groomsmen kind of went, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And she kept walking up, and she stopped right in front of the preacher. And the best man was pale, you know, couldn't figure out what was going on. The preacher said, uh, young lady, what can I do for you? And she said, can you turn your mic up? We can't hear you in the back. So... <laughs> Sometimes it's easy to jump to conclusions, right? <laughs> well, as we've talked about several times in Matthew, the Pharisees and the religious leaders couldn't accept Christ. And why was that? He didn't fit their mold. He didn't fit in with what they believed the Messiah was supposed to be. And they were constantly trying to trap Jesus. They were constantly trying to prove him wrong. And we know you can't do that. But they were constantly trying to catch him and a question, so in the previous couple of passages we've read, they were trying to trap Jesus in, uh, in something that he said, and he kept silencing them. So then finally, he kind of shut the Pharisees up. And so if we pick up here in chapter 22, verse 41, it says, While the Pharisees and the Sadducees, both, so while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? Well, the son of David, they replied. And said to them, well, how is it that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply. And from that day on, no one dared ask him any more questions. So here, Jesus has been constantly trying to stop these guys from, from trapping him in words and constantly trying to do that. So finally, he says, okay, smart guy, let me ask you a question. And sometimes you've probably done that with your kids. Why, 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 why? Well, let me ask you a question. <laughs> and then he silenced them. So Jesus here asked them a question about who the Messiah was. So what he was really asking was a question of identity. Now, just a little background. The Israelites, the Jewish people, had been waiting generations for the Messiah. All the way back in the Old Testament, Moses prophesied and said, The Lord is going to raise up someone like me from among you who will lead you. And through the Psalms and different things, they understood that the Messiah was going to come from whose line? David's. David's line was the, the king, the line of kings. So they knew that eventually a Messiah was going to rise up from the line of David. So all the, the descendants of David were pretty special people. What they didn't understand was that the Messiah was where? Right in front of them. They didn't understand. They couldn't see the truth that was right in front of them. So Jesus asked the religious leaders about the Messiah. He wasn't asking them about him because he knew how they felt about him, right? <laughs> it 
They're always trying to trap him. They were trying, they killed, tried to kill him several times. So they were, he was asking them about the Messiah. Who do you think the Messiah is? Who is the Messiah going to be? Where is he going to come from? He already knew what they felt about him. He was asking, well, what do you believe about the Messiah? What do you believe about the one who's coming down the line? And, well, they said, well, he's the son of David. Was that true? Absolutely. Jesus came from the line of David. And it's really fun, if you ever want to look in your Bible, trace that, that lineage all the way back. Several of the gospel writers write about the lineage of Jesus. It goes all the way back to David. So the answer was technically correct, but it was from a wrong heart. They gave the right answer from the wrong place. The son of David, they, it showed that they knew scripture, but they couldn't see the truth that was where? Right in front of them. Right there. Guys, how many times have we ever been doing something wrong and people try to tell us that and we can't see it? Or we won't see it. It's right in front of us. We won't accept it. And so even though they were technically doing all the right things, their hearts were in the wrong spot. They couldn't accept Jesus for who he was. And guys, so many times we get ourselves set and we won't accept the truth, will we? You ever been dating someone and your friends all say, you probably shouldn't date that person and you won't accept it? I remember when I was in college, before I met my wife, I was dating a girl. All my friends said, you shouldn't be dating. She's, there's something wrong with her. I couldn't see it. Later on, I did. <laughs> I said, why didn't you tell me? And they said, we did. <laughs> over and over again. But I couldn't see it. Many of us have things going on in our lives, and people try to show us that, and we won't accept it. And that's what the Pharisees were doing. They saw that Jesus was there. Every miracle Jesus did proved that he was who? The Messiah. His lineage showed that he was the Messiah. He showed them over, he even told them, point blank, I am the Messiah, and they wouldn't accept it. They couldn't take it. So Jesus challenges them, their understanding of Scripture. Now here's a little bit of fun. Jesus was quoting Psalm 110. And we understand that David was a prophet because he even says, Jesus says, when David spoke through the Spirit, but Psalm 110 was written by King David, and it was a coronation psalm. This was a psalm that you would sing when someone was crowned king. Now, how cool is this? Think about this. David prophetically wrote a coronation psalm for his son down the line who would take his spot. How amazing is that? God did this generations before. David wrote this psalm inspired by the Spirit, and he was talking about Jesus, someone who was coming. So Jesus showed the Messiah was going to be an earthly son of David, but he was also the son of God. Jesus is trying to show them, open your eyes, I'm right here in front of you. And the Jews already understood that this was a psalm about the Messiah. They knew this. And a couple of scripture references I put in your notes there. But they said over and over again, this is going to be the Messiah. So they didn't have room for Christ. So, so this was a misunderstood prophecy. They understood this is talking about the Messiah, but they misunderstood it. They couldn't understand it. The Jews were looking for an earthly Messiah. The Jews wanted a king who was going to come in and kick out the Romans and make Israel the great nation it once was. They thought the Messiah was going to come and he was going to restart the kingdom of Israel right where Solomon had left off. They thought Jesus was going to come in as an earthly man and kick the Romans out and restore their greatness, make Israel great again. All right. 
Uh-huh. All right, so they were trying to do that. They were looking in the wrong spot. They knew a line was going to come, so they were looking for a man who would set up an earthly kingdom. They were looking for a man who would set up an earthly kingdom around them and restart Israel's golden days. So guys, here's the whole point of this entire message right here. They were looking for God to work one way, and God was doing something much, much bigger. Guys, so many times in our lives, God is working in us, and we don't see it because we're looking in the wrong spot. We're looking for the wrong things. Many of you can look back at your lives and say, you know, I can see now that God was doing something in my life, but at the time I couldn't see it as I was looking for something else. I was trying to tell God how to work. I was trying to tell God what to do, and the whole time he was doing something much, much bigger. And a lot of times we don't see that until we take a step back and look and say, oh, I see what you were doing, God. I understand. God had much bigger ideas than just an earthly monarchy. He could have put a king in place. God could have kicked the Romans out easily. What was he doing? He was setting up salvation for all of us for generations. See, if the Jews had their way, it would have been a Jewish Messiah, which Jesus was, setting up a Jewish kingdom for Jewish people. Where would that have left us? <laughs> Outside, right? Jesus was looking, God the Father was looking, the Spirit was looking for the whole world and not just the Jews at that moment. He was doing something bigger. So let me ask you this, do you have room in your heart for God to work the way he wants to work? Do I have room in my heart for God to do what God wants to do in me? You see, many times when we go through problems and tribulations, we say, God, what are you doing? Lord, why are you putting me through this? Why are you allowing this to happen to my family? Why is this happening to our nation? Why is this happening to our church? And see, after Jesus, when Jesus ascended to heaven and the church started, the physical church started, what happened? They were persecuted. The Jews didn't have room for Christians. They didn't have room for Jesus. And then they sure didn't have room for his followers, right? So they persecuted the Christians. And what happened? The church spread. The church grew. The church expanded. And we are still here today. Guys, all over the world, our brothers and sisters in Christ are being persecuted. And what's happening? The church is growing by leaps and bounds. So you may be sitting here this morning. You say, what in the world are you trying to get to? <laughs> you might be having a hardship in your life today. There might be something going on in your body physically. There might be something going on in your family. And God is trying to do something bigger in you that you just don't see yet. So hang on, because God might be doing something huge in you. I can tell you personally, some of the hardest times I've ever had in my life were when God was getting me ready for something bigger. When God was saying, just let me train you a little bit. Let me do something in you a little bit. So their ideas, the Jewish ideas, didn't have room for a servant Messiah. They were looking for Jesus to come in and set up a big kingdom and be a king. And Jesus says, I came to serve. The Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. They didn't have room in their hearts for a Messiah who would work his way. And so we want, some of us want to earn our salvation. We believe that grace is a little bit too easy, and we try to earn it. We don't have room for a Messiah who gives grace. Some of us, on the other hand, can't rely on, or we rely too much on grace. We don't want to live the way God wants us to live. 
We want to do things our way. We want to do things according to our ideas. And we have a certain plan for our lives. And God starts working his way, and we don't have room for that. I've told this story before, but this is probably the best illustration of this I've ever heard. There was a speaker one time who was speaking at a, a convention my wife and I were at. And he said his goal his entire life was to see a mountaintop. He wanted to get to the top of a mountain. And so his family was taking a cross-country trip, and they made a detour through Colorado Springs so they could take their kid up to the top of Pike's Peak. You ever been to the top of Pike's Peak? It's huge, right? But his idea of a mountaintop was what he'd seen on Looney Tunes, you know, where it's just a point, and your car goes to the top, and it kind of teeters, and then goes down. So his parents took him all the way up Pike's Peak. They got up there, they rode the tram, or the, the bus to the top, and they got down, and I said, all right, son, you're at the top of a 14,000-foot mountain. This is the top. And he said, no, but I want to go to the top. I said, this is the top. Look, you're in the, you know, the gift shop. It says top of Pike's Peak, right? He said, no, but I want to see the top. And his dad said, son, this is as top as top gets. This is it. He said, no, 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 I want to see the top. He said, how about I throw you off and you see how far you go, right? <laughs> this is the top of the mountain. His idea was, you know, the point with the snow on the top and your car teeters. He said, this, my dream looked different once I got there. The fulfillment of the dream was a little bit different than what I had in my mind. How many of you now would look back at your life and say, you know, I'm where God wants me. But when I was a kid, it looked totally different, right? God's doing something in me. God has done something in me that's totally different than I ever would have expected, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. Some of you are at a point in your life, now you can look back and say, yeah, God's been doing this my whole life, and I love where I'm at right now. And it looks different, but I see how God brought me here. Some of you are still in that path. You haven't gotten to that point yet. And your dream, the fulfillment of your dream might look a little different. Let's see it. And you say, well, where's that in the Bible? How many of you remember the story of Joseph in the Old Testament? He had a dream, several dreams, that he was going to be the king and everyone was going to bow down to him. The path to get there took years and years and years. Took him through slavery, through prison, and then eventually to the throne. It looked totally different. And when his dream was fulfilled in front of him, he realized and said, oh, I see what God was doing in me. So guys, Jesus came and Jesus was telling the religious leaders, look, I'm right here. The Messiah you've been waiting on is here, but it looks different than what you think. And so guys, some of your life looks different right now than what you thought it would. And some of it is maybe through your own choices. Some of it is through things that other people have done. But God has not given up on you. God is still working in you. Allow him to do his work in you. And he can turn those bad things around for good, right? Many of you have seen that. He can turn those things that look like disasters into greatness. So then Jesus gives a statement of identity. He shows the religious leaders that he was fully God, but he was also fully man. This was totally different than what the religious leaders were waiting on. So he was fully human. He was born to an earthly mother. He experienced hunger. He experienced thirst. He experienced temptation. He experienced pain and suffering. He even experienced death. Jesus suffered and went through everything that we possibly can. <laughs> so you might be saying, well, you know, Pastor, nobody, ex nobody knows what I'm going through right now. Jesus does. Jesus has been through everything we could go through, and he made it through. He was also fully God. He used all these different I am statements that the Father used in the Old Testament. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. 
I'm from above. Before Abraham was, I am. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm in the Father. The Father's in me. Paul even talks about his divine origins. Listen to this. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20. It's on the screen here for you. Paul says this. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body of the church. He's the beginning of everything, and the firstborn from among the dead, so then everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased, listen to this, to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And then again in verse chapter 2, verse 9, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. So now think about this. Paul was one of the religious leaders. Paul was a Pharisee. He was one of the ones, I mean, he wasn't around when Jesus was there because he never met him in person until after. But Paul was from the same line as these religious leaders, the very ones who couldn't see Jesus right in front of them. Paul experienced Christ, and Christ changed Paul. Paul wrote that. For in him, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Paul understood it. Paul got it. Guys, today, God might be doing something in you that you don't understand. You might be going through something in your life that you don't understand. You don't get it. God, why am I here? Lord, I thought you had a good plan for me. Why am I in the middle of this? Hang on and see what the Lord will do in you. Paul says over and over again, I was, I was the worst sinner. I was the worst one out there. And look at what God has done in me. So Jesus showed that he was the fulfillment of all the prophecies of the Messiah. Jesus fulfilled all that. He showed all the religious leaders, this is the one. Jesus was the very one that they were waiting on. Jesus was the one they were all waiting on, they were all looking for. He said, I am right here. But here's the thing, they didn't have room in their hearts for him. Their ideas didn't have room for this servant Messiah who came to give his life. So guys, sometimes we have these ideas about the Lord that were maybe taught to us by other church traditions, maybe by our own ideas, maybe things we've heard on TV, and God tries to show us the right thing. Jesus was the one they were waiting on. And so a lot of us, we want a relationship with God, but we don't want to give up our own thoughts. We want a relationship with God, but we don't want to do things on our own terms. We want a relationship, God, but, right, I would serve God if he would do this. I would serve God if, right, the religious leaders say, well, yeah, we'll accept the Messiah when he comes, but only if he comes the way we want him to. We'll accept him if he comes the way we think he should. And so we need to learn submission. We need to learn to give up. I know when I was a young person, when I was in high school, like many of you in here, I had my own ideas. Any of you guys ever been there? I knew what I wanted to do with my life. I had it planned out. I had scholarships lined up. I knew where I was going to go to college. I knew what I wanted to do for career. I knew what I wanted to drive. I knew where I wanted to live. And God had very, very different ideas. 
So now I can look back and say, yeah, I see what God was doing in me, but I had to give up my own ideas first. And some of us push our own ideas. You know, God closes the door, we kick it down. We find a window to break to get in. You know, we do our own ways. And then we say, well, why is my life a mess? <laughs> it's because I did my own thing. My life was a disaster until I finally gave up and said, all right, Lord, you do what you want to do in me. I, I give up. I, I let you have your way. And this is what Paul did. Paul was looking for his own way. Paul was, was persecuting the church, and then he finally met Christ, and he said, oh, I see. And then God did something in him. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up this morning. And we're going to pray together. And I just really sense that some of you in this room today are frustrated with God and he's trying to get your attention. He's trying to get you to give up your own ways and listen to what he says. And he's just saying, if you would just let me have my way, you would see amazing things. So I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. We're going to take some time. We're going to talk to the Lord this morning. So Jesus, we come today and we thank you for your word. And we thank you that you are all the fullness. You dwelt in human form and now you're living in our hearts. Lord, thank you that now you're with us. And Lord, I know it's hard for us to lay down our own ideas. It's hard for us to make room for your plan sometimes in our lives. So if there are any of us here today who are holding stubbornly to our own ideas and we're fighting what you want to do, we're fighting giving up control of our lives, Lord, would you speak to us today? If any of us are doing like the religious leaders, well, yeah, we'll accept the Lord if he comes in the way we want him to. Lord, help us to surrender that to you and allow your plan for our lives because your plan is so much better than ours. Your plans lead to fulfillment and fullness and true happiness. Lord, our plans lead to disaster. Our plans lead to unfulfilled expectations. So Lord, help us to give up control of our lives to you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're watching online, I'm going to ask you to, to just kind of shut yourself in with the Lord for a minute. If you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor Rex, I don't have a relationship with Christ. I've never asked him to forgive my sins, or maybe I did at one point, but I've been doing my own thing. I've walked away, and I want to make that right. I want you to slip your hand up right where you're at. We just want to pray together with you. Now, so we're going to say a prayer. I'm just going to ask all of you to say this with me. All of you at home, I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer with me. And this is just you talking to God and just saying, Lord, I want to give up my life to you. I want to give you everything in me. I want to receive your forgiveness. Say everyone with me. Dear Jesus, Thank you so much for your incredible love for me. Thank you for coming to this earth and dying in my place and paying for all the sins I committed. So I admit that I've sinned. Please forgive me. Come into my life and make me new. Forgive all my sins. And help me to live for you every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says if you pray that prayer and if you really mean it, it says he comes in and makes you brand new. He takes all the junk out and cleans us up and makes us a new creature. That's an amazing thing. So if you're here this morning, you say, you know, Pastor, 
I just need to quit fighting and let God have his way in my life. I want to quit hanging on to my own ideas and surrender to his plan for my life. That's you. Would you just slip your hand up right around? I just want to give up my own stuff and allow Jesus to work in me. So we're going to pray today. If you're at home, I invite you to pray with us. We don't have a room up here for you to come and pray right now. So I'm just going to ask you to pray in your seats where you're at. But just say, Jesus, help me to give up my own ideas, my own plans, and accept your plan for my life. Because your plan is so much better. Help me to make room in my heart and my mind for you to work the way you want to. Help me to give up my own ideas and truly follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.